greetings, namaste, and shalom, everybody out there in dreamland. I am the beyond top secret Texan. Join me on my podcast, the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast, where I explore the outer limits of human abilities, top secret military technologies, the reality of extraterrestrial Earth alliances, secret space wars, advanced cryptozoology, and all subjects of theosophic truth, esotericism, and the occult. Beyond the Top Secret Texan Podcast. Greetings, everybody out there in Dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank each and every one of you tuning in to another broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am your host, the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. I wish it was under better circumstances and higher spirits. To get right into it because it's a very serious discussion. An update and continuation of coverage on the invasion of Earth into the Pacific Ocean, specifically off the coast of Mexico in Southern California and Baja California. The Zix, the ZYX, a marine species comprised of unicellular and in their unicellularity. A uniformity of thought, behavior, and motivation, thus a hive mind, and using chemical communication, a communal, internally homogeneous and peaceful Species that is innumerable in the trillions of trillions in terms of population. There is a long and storied history surrounding these mysterious travelers and their arrival not only to Earth, but our solar system quite rapidly due to a cyclical 
pattern in their exploration of the universe. They arrived in a massive black triangular craft that all intelligence has shown to be a perfectly maintained copy of an Orion Draco ship, a version of one. No doubt given to the Zix by the Orion Draco for the purposes of getting them off the planet. Specifically out of the oceans. And doing so diplomatically and cunningly with cunning and strategy as to not provoke any hostilities with such an impressive life form as the Zix, which is a name that I gave them during my initial encounters with them while astral projecting as far into the cosmos as I could. And in that abyss, their light, no matter how small, was blinding like a lighthouse at point-blank range. I would discover more of their life processes. And this could all be heard not only into my first podcast episode where I discussed this initial encounter with this at least to myself unknown extraterrestrial species on the astral realm. But also, I have recapped it in a recent episode detailing their arrival into the Pacific Ocean, which came as an unexpected, unexpectedly rapid approach and descent, given the misjudgment of their distance from Earth and admitted negligence on my part. But I can only speak for my experiences, and I can only speak as someone who has done their best with what cards of human nature I was dealt. If it is to happen, it is to happen. And it is happening, and it is currently what everything on Earth 
is being charged and motivated and mobilized for is this current alien invasion of Earth, and I say that with air quotes in my voice because they originally evolved in Earth's oceans, and in fact, their craft, the Black Triangle, half the surface area, or half basically the area of Mexico in terms of uh, physical dimensions, to its size, to its titanic size, is filled with an artificially preserved ocean internally, which itself teems with life forms and ecosystems collected and now maintained as the vessels to host the ZYX, the Zix life form. The first encounter I had with the Zix was as they appeared to me as three massive prehistoric sea turtles these biomes are time capsules as well as complete reconstructions of ecosystems as complex as great barrier reefs abyssal trenches and many other oceanic environs. There are literally an biological specimen for seemingly every historical era of evolution as we currently understand it. And there seemingly was a recreated environment for every major ecosystem that has existed to give a rise to those life forms. And this was done in the straightforward, subtle psychology or culture of the Zix because it is their nature to do so it is their nature to approach, explore or to explore their oceanic world to be literally drifted on the tides and once encountering new life forms or new ecologies or new environments or new anything
to subsume that thing and add it to a carefully curated collection where it is physically well-preserved and kept at a state of balance, replaced if necessary, but able to even mimic every necessity for its life structure, including mating newer generations of such specimens when possible, or even having to uh, go through metamorphosis, etc. The life forms are not relegated to complexity, but rather can be anything from slightly larger, more complex zooplankton, because it the ZYX technically are a zooplankton to absolute leviathans which are unbelievably large and complex cellular structures literally fusing and entering these creatures' bloodstreams, they act as a preservative. They basically kill in the manner of the sense that the body is autonomously functioning, their host, but then assume control over its functions, in many ways acting as its blood and soaking as deep as even the bone and all cellular structure of its host. Keep that in mind for what I'm going to say talking about the current status of it and why it's grown from a seemingly benign if not shocking and frightening invasion of our secure Earth atmosphere after the signing of the Jupiter Accords and the Artemis Treaty after the signing of these two massive peace treaties just the last year that this was the first quote in quote alien invasion by a foreign intrusive trespasser that could have been dealt with by the newly established Earth Defense Alliance, the Earth Alliance, its new renumerated powers and amped up military, as well as the Ashtar High Command, who has laid absolute dominion over the area. And this could have all happen instantly a full on um, counter strike against the Zix craft without giving peace a chance 
but luckily cooler heads prevailed as I've spoke about last episode when I was speaking about this matter. Diplomacy allowed the Zix to peacefully land in the Pacific Ocean and to, and to peacefully begin its harvesting evolution. This is where this new update comes to be. The Zix choosing to re-up their harvest after recycling back after millions of years of absence have found the oceans to be incredibly different and completely justifying a full exploration biomatter collection and replacements of the old life forms that they have collected with fresher more evolved stock upon doing so they encountered deep sea mining operations as well as oceanic bases both private industry from the deep state cabal and the US Navy military as well as extraterrestrial this is off Catalina Island where they landed this is off Baja California where they landed there are many many different possibilities for who they encountered first unimportant what is important and it wasn't Catalina Islands joint extraterrestrial US Navy base it is not Catalina Island it was not the submarine gates from the undercontinent ocean that can give access from the west coast to the east coast no it was not that for that is well defended and it was well defended during the invasion it has a default good defense with extraterrestrial technology and that night was specifically defended by the United States military and is currently still defended heavily heavily defended during all this because hostilities while not directly 
declared. Began within days of the Zix arriving on Earth. Not counting a case of mistaken identity that turned lethal for one unfortunate kaiju-sized crab operated by the ZYX, but which understanding a mistaken a mistake and self-defense, the Zix really let it be water under the bridge. Unlike that case, the Zix this time seemed to have a determined intentional seizure of human beings that were working on these deep sea mining colonies in the Pacific Ocean in this proximity. Now I do not want to declare where exactly this installation was in an effort to try to get the information not only out to you guys but also to get it maybe kicked back to me that this exact deep sea mining operation is here this company is operating here because the reason I know about this is I have an insider a whistleblower in the United States Navy that operates as a deep sea diver and as their MOS I do not want to dox this individual in any shape or form their intel is extremely valuable our friendship is extremely good and they have given me permission because they are so fucking shocked and honestly terrified even with their experiences at what is going on currently and what we are allowing to happen currently now this is not a saber rattle this is not a call to arms this must be just war reporting this is just telling it as it is this is telling the truth this insider is fully aware of Catalina Island of the submarine tunnels of various top secret facilities across America many of which are operating in lakes, very deep freshwater lakes. But also, with the coast of the United States and our operations colonizing 
and working with private industry to colonize the seafloor for mining and industrial purposes. Now, typically, they are there only as a rescue when shit goes wrong. Typically, they are only there to pick up corpses of VIP or highly sensitive technologies such as nuclear armed torpedoes or submarines that they have to recover as a matter of course. This individual has over 10,000 hours of diving in this capacity for the United States Navy. They have seen every single thing there is to be seen, including but not limited to giant squids, megalodons, chronosaurs, ichthyosaurs, and various leviathan-sized kaijus that they have spoken openly and honestly about. They have worked besides shoulder-to-shoulder with ichthyosapiens, mermen, human beings, genetically our cousins, but so specialized in this environment of Earth that is locked away from us biologically to appear alien to us. As well as even having seen in his own service the Venusians and Greys that also work within these top secret underwater facilities. And while no expert in matter of history, law, or human nature has a conscience, at least enough, that needs to shine some light in what's going on in the sunless zone of the abyss. When they responded via submarine to this deep sea mining platform structurally everything was intact and undamaged but the entire 
crew, including private security, including the captain of the installation, including the executive officer of the installation, including scientific and research personnel who are privately contracted to be aboard there to perform research and development. Mineralogists, geologists, deep sea welders, the entire crew that was stationed there was gone. Gone. From the bottom of the ocean. They could not find corpses of them. Inside or outside of the deep sea mining installation. There was no sign of violence. There was no sign of struggle. There was no blood. There were no bullet holes. There was no broken glass. In fact, it was the opposite. Besides the interior life support going to shit because no one had bothered to, you know, actually maintain it or keep it afloat because no one had been there. It was like they had never left. Dining areas were still half in use, for lack of a better term, with food on trays in the galley still on the tables. Laundry was still being washed and dried in the machines. Electronics like TVs were still on. In the entertainment rooms. It was as if they had left, just stopped what they were doing, gone to the underwater bay, the porthole that leads out for divers to get through, bypassing all the airlocks. That were open on the way in. Divers use those to get in. And jumped into the water. Never to be seen again. There was one. That was found though. 
one. I guess you could call it company woman. And if you know about oil rigs, you know what a company man is. A company man on an oil rig is a representative for the licensing and controlling company of the operation. And the Gulf of Mexico oil rig explosion disaster, BP had the company man out there. Telling them to keep going. They have ultimate authority on the rig and they speak. They're the eyes and ears of the company's executives. The company woman was found in a panic room with the door shut. The only way the Navy divers and search and rescue responders suspected that there was someone in this panic room, which was basically a gigantic vault to keep sensitive information as well as to act as a life support system an emergency use in case of any kind of drastic structure failure of the deep sea mining rig was that when the doors were closed lights on the outside LEDs switched on and they turned red these lights were on they knew that the doors had been opened and thus closed at some point activating the emergency lights. Having no choice but to weld into it, which took quite a little bit of amount of time, even with the portable thermal lances issued by the Navy, which can cut through oil rig supports ship portals deck plate from merchant marine ship to destroyer or aircraft carrier the task was ultimately completed though and expecting survivors on the inside what they what they were what they were confronted with was shocking as I've said even to veterans 
of this kind of operation before. Those that collect the dead from ships that sink or are dead pilots from planes that crash or the, the people who uh, recover civilian bodies uh, in airliners that crash into the ocean. The people who perform oil rig tasks in the absolute pitch black darkness as deep as men can possibly dive. Who are signed to NDA agreements at the pain of death for even disclosing the things that are spoken about, let alone seen only while working on these operations. It was the company woman, but transformed, but undergoing a metamorphosis on a cellular level as if though she was being remade like clay like Clado and it was inhuman at this point to an extreme degree where there once was a face and head tentacles that ride around a cephalopoid set of eyes and once there was a nose and mouth were the beak and propulsion tube leading to two fins that would censor down her back and even though she was wearing clothing still from her previous life the skin underneath it was no longer recognizable as even her own and thick um, just buckets of mucus he said were dripping off of her skin to the point that she didn't walk or she was like you know walking but the steps she was taking were sliding like Gumby sliding he said and he kept saying Clado and he kept saying Gumby sliding and that she was just slipping and sliding across the floor that was just slick with mucus like a fucking hagfish or lamprey and it says that her throat had been clearly lined with gills down to her cleavage which was in his words falling off but held in there with the dress so her tits had kind of 
just fallen off, but were held only against her with her clothing. And that was visibly obvious in these moments that he was seeing it. And then they were ordered to try to capture it and seize it. At which point it became hostile. They deployed small arms fire. And in the moment of close quarters combat, the thermal lance leaving nothing but a charred disfigured and physically destroyed biomatter specimen at that point not even a human corpse you couldn't even call it a human corpse it was a In his words, a mind flayer. He said mind flayers are real. Very real. And I know what he said. Not the Stranger Things bullshit, but the D&D. Dungeons and Dragons. Mind flayers. In reference to the tentacled. Cephalopoid head, the Cthulhu type body structure of arms and legs and octopus now beyond filming everything and marking as much information as possible about the area down gathering the right intel collecting sensitive paperwork cryptography equipment the team ultimately was ordered back ultimately was able to bring back the corpse of that creature as well and research has shown although he was not aware of it what it truly was and that's all he knows is that they know he doesn't know I'm very grateful for that because it's a piece of a puzzle that is this entire situation and lately the amount of disturbance in the force has been greater than that and I am thinking I am suspecting that the agitation that I am seeing in the skies across America when it comes to UFOs as well as the return of Ashtar Command light ships in conjunction with the activation 
and setting on high. The defense forces the Earth Alliance. And I can verify that with photographic evidence, as well as the massive, highly suspicious nationwide events as of late. For example, the FAA across North America, except for Colorado, turned off all east-facing live-streaming webcams. The Ashtar Command, given their highly ceremonial nature, as well as highly occult, energetic handling of material existence, make it a certainty to always appear in the eastern direction in harmony with their worship of solar energy. This is because they are arriving once again on Earth because of the violation of the peace treaty that they had so valiantly fought for in the war with the Draco that lasted the war the Orion War which lasted the last thousand or last I guess three thousand full years. There is also ample evidence in the American Southwest in the Mojave Desert up to the Utah Territory and especially Nevada but all across the American Southwest from California through to Texas of a massive mobilization of the secret space force and secret space program, the space core. I have in my possession a photograph as well as the downloaded video taken from the webcam operating in Colorado in the San Juan Valley. that has many, many in cloaked, yes, cloaked TR-3Bs, including a massive mothership TR-3B. Flying, activated, and ready for any hostilities, but not performing sorties, running missions, putting warheads on foreheads yet, but just 
assembling, using their engines, turning on as a show of force and readiness. I have video of Ashtar High Command ships. Not their largest, mind you, medium-sized craft, literally beaming personnel either into or removing personnel out of deep underground military bases. And this is all connected with the ZYX alien invasion of the Pacific Ocean. And they're taking not only of these individual humans, but who knows how many in total no doubt innocently and most likely having found and discovered human beings living in the ocean that innocence of their unicellular desire to collect maybe mistook human beings ourselves exploring and colonizing this alien frontier as natives to the ocean that the Zix claim dominion over have their genesis within and are so psychically bound with as to return after millions of years of traveling in a cyclical evolution to harvest and collect biomatter samples of fish invertebrate mammal reptile as periodic updates to their carefully preserved traveling ocean hopefully and I think this is the overwhelming opinion of the Ashtar command was that it's not such a hostile and cruel and sadistic 
attack on humanity as to warrant the attack on the Zix and provoking an all-out war with our 8 billion humans whipping our very own seas whose waters teem with trillions upon trillions of these unicellular life forms that once ingested or imbibed or infused inside a living thing, a biome, a host, can literally genetically engineer as it sees fit, as the unicellular life form needs it to exist as, or needs it to be modified into. This is how many and how large of an area and how involved and invested in these deep sea mining operations are into spreading out and colonizing and exploring the seafloor. All these people are at risk. All these people are potential targets for collection without any idea of how many would be enough to satisfy the Zix, what implications of taking human beings with our intelligence levels on board their ships, which are run by these unicellular, egoless, hive mind type beings. Or what limitations these unicellular beings even have in terms of their genetic engineering possibilities and powers. For truly, I have underestimated the ZYX. And that they are not truly a incredible, oceanic, peaceful super species, but they are a otherworldly inhuman and ultimately terrifying force of nature this is an article titled an overview of seabed mining including current state of developments environmental impacts and knowledge gaps this is to help paint a picture of the seabed mining operations which are currently endangered in the Pacific Ocean from being turned into mind flares and then to be collected into the black triangle half the size of Mexico in the best possible scenario and not made into soldiers or our intelligence perverting and corrupting their otherwise innocent um, animalistic uh, you know, intelligence of the ZYX into something warlike and invasive and sadistic, which is very easily understandable as a possibility. 
Rising demand for minerals and metals, including for use in technology sector, has led to a resurgence of interest and exploration of mineral resources located on the seabed. Such resources, whether seafloor, massive polymetallic sulfides around hydrothermal vents, cobalt-rich crusts, and the flanks of seamounts, are fields of manganese polymetallic nodules on the abyssal plains cannot be considered an isolation of the distinctive and in some cases unique assemblages of marine species associated with the same habitats and structures. There is an interest in extracting methane gas from gas hydrates. Since its inception in 1982, the International Seabed Authority, the ISA, charged with regulating human activities on the deep sea floor have beyond the continental shelves has issued 27 contracts for mineral exploration, encompassing a combined area of more than 1.4 million kilometers squared, and continues to develop rules for commercial mining. At the same time, some seabed mining operations are already taking place within continental shelves on areas of nations. This is what America is doing off California on our continental shelf, as well as in Mexico having a lot uh, agreements with Mexico uh, to take basically all responsibility for their naval defense. This is also happening around China, Japan, uh, Russia, um, India. All nations, basically, if sufficient powers and strength are building underwater, undersea, deep-sea mining operations. And Canada. Canada, surprisingly, too. The distances of seabed mining started at 1,500 to 2,000 meters on the continental shelf of Papua New Guinea, which began in 2019. Contracts for deep sea resources have been awarded to companies from countries including China, the United Kingdom, Belgium, Germany, France, and Japan for three different mineral resources. Seafloor massive sulfides, terramanganese, and polymetallic nodules are the three main resources. Mining the seabed carries significant environmental concerns, some of which have been highlighted over the past five years in relation to applications for mining and continental shelf regions. For example, thousands of phosphate minings or iron sands and phosphate mining in New Zealand waters. Deep sea areas with depths of over 200 meters of seawater cover 360 million kilometers squared. Approximately 50% of the Earth's surface is a deep sea area and represents 95% of the global biosphere in terms of inhabitable volume. Topographically, much of the deep ocean floor is an abyssal plain of depths exceeding 3,000 meters with features that include submarine canyons, oceanic trenches and ridges, hydrothermal vents and seamounts, yet the vast majority of the deep sea environment is unexplored 
and much remains to be discovered about the distinctive biodiversity associated with the deep seabed. Only a fraction of the deep sea has been scientifically studied, and there are many valid concerns related to seabed mining. So yes, without getting into too dry and technical, that's a pretty good understanding of how high the stakes are when it comes to these companies, their investments, and the crews and personnel that they have put down there since 2019. While they had no way of seeing or foreseeing this, the dangers have even grown stranger with the inclusion of the ZYX and possible bio-possession of entire colonies, mining rigs, etc. With over 27 different individual company contracts down there, setting up shop from as far south as the Antarctic to as far north as the North Atlantic. The ZYX are fluid. They can flow with water. They can possess biological organisms. They can travel and make mass migrations only to then disengage with that organism to engage into another. Now, seeing this rationally, the distance, the amount of distance between these areas is significant with 50% of the world's surface. And while I'm not privileged to the information as to if any other deep sea mining operations or seafloor colonies have fallen to the ZYX or endangered or survived an assault or an attack, I do know that the U.S. Navy has been given a stand-down order. I do know that the Submarines are still on high alert, defending key security areas and not going on the offensive, not popping up and and booming. Those warheads at point-blank range underneath that triangle not being diverted or relocated anywhere else in the Pacific. My fingers crossed and my eyes set on diplomatic and peaceful solutions to this crisis, obviously. And yes, my heart goes out to the individuals who have made the ultimate sacrifice in their maritime careers. So much so that 
It was the literal thing they gave their lives for, sacrificed their very lives for. I hope that other stations, other colonies have been evacuated by compassionate powers to be. I hope that if they're not evacuated that they are learning as much as they can about the situation and that they are protected by this fate and by the circumstances of there being 50% of the world's surface to explore and travel and collect and the Zix may not be collecting every single human being that is on the bottom of the ocean but just this one station as a biological sample hopefully the latter is true not the former while existentially horrifying and honestly it's horrifying because the situation is out of our control out of our control in every single way possible. Still, I mean, all I can do right now is sit on the sidelines and report Instead of just being a spectator, share what I know, share my perspective, and share my contacts. I've been doing so for the last two years full-time. But I can keep my eyes open while I'm still wishing for the best. And I can tell you that if there's any hostilities that are going to break out, they're going to break out. They're going to break out between the Pacific. They're going to break out right off the coast of Southern California, right off of Baja, Mexico. They're going to involve the Navy, specifically the Navy. They are going to involve what they will probably say is a strike from China to explain the mobilization of United States Naval Forces as they begin to assault in that area. But it won't be the Navy that actually does the strike against this TR-3B the size of half of Mexico. Which is, it's not a TR-3B. It's a, a more ancient and perfect design. 
than our reverse engineered recovered craft. It's an authentic Draco ship. Thus, I believe the Earth Alliance will be using direct energy weapons to try to dematerialize, literally disintegrate the craft with a surprise strike. You'll be seeing a lot more black triangles, cloaked triangles, and authentically Earth Alliance human-operated TR-3Bs in the skies over California and the Pacific Ocean in that area southwest you will definitely be seeing more of those if the situation turns into an active hostile engagement or conflict with the ZYX given the Jupiter Accord and the Artemis Treaty, which were both signed, they must be upheld by the Ashtar Command. So if humans are turning hostile against the Zix, it'll only be at the green light given to us by the Ashtar High Command that we take our first shot in anger. But we will not take that shot alone. The Ashtar are honor and duty bound to fight alongside us as brothers in arms. And they are duty bound to take authority when it comes to all negotiations and strategies and war campaigns as commanding officers. and Chiefs of Operation. Even the best of passengers and the most polite of travelers truly has a dark side a terrifying side, an existentially other, unexpected, secret side. As a young xenobiologist, exopolitician, now free from the groupthink and crown of Solar Warden having to relearn and re-understand and redefine not only who I am but the world and universe and aliens around me from the extraterrestrials that were previously friendly having to reevaluate them and now to this new phase where I originally evaluated a species as being benign and friendly 
blind to the existential horrors that were now obvious reviewing those moments as I conversed with Zombified for all intents and definitions of the word Zombified Sea Turtles and now mankind has joined their arc of forcefully taken zombie organisms that the Zix find on the bottom of the sea. Truly my heart goes out for those that have sacrificed and lost it all. To forces they could never understand. And their fates would never be told honestly to the public. And truly my my gratitude goes out to the men and women serving in the Space Corps, serving in the military, industrial complex, Space Corps, serving in the Earth Defense Corps, Earth Alliance, Solar Warden, and various other branches of that Atlantis rising that bravely stand the watch against all manner of stranger in the night. Thank you. You are truly the heroes of the secret space program. And you are truly the heroes of Earth and all mankind. Thank you all very much for listening to me. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. You're listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. If you want to reach me through social media or find my webpage or my merch store or my videos that I upload on TikTok or YouTube, go ahead and check out Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texas. That's Linktree, T-R dot E-E slash beyond top secret text in all lowercase all one word for the most unique multimedia disclosure paranormal let's be honest mostly like 90% UFOs 10% everything else but man I cover everything and, and it's a really awesome aesthetic and experience and and enjoyable community of inventive, creative, like-minded uh, friends. Um, absolutely no other channel like the Beyond Top Secret Texan and no other audience like everyone out there at Dreamland. Namaste and Shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much. And in remembrance of those that have been lost directly due to the alien presence now in land in the Pacific, we give and offer 
a moment of silence. May your souls be at peace. Those that are lost at sea.